Um, but this brings us to what I guess would be considered the cinematic extended universe. Um, yeah, oh, as we Daredevil. get into the first season of Daredevil. Uh, the reason we are counting these shows is because this is canon. It is cinematic this is universe. cinematic canon. Eventually, <laughs> I'm assuming. They keep connecting things to the event. Or... <laughs> oh, we didn't put um, uh, Luke Cage stuff on here. No, we will. So, I, mean, we, we I already know it. where everyone kind of yeah, lands yeah. in my mind. Um, so, uh, I mean, the only true villain in the first season of Daredevil, in my opinion, is Kingpin. Yeah. Um, you have some sub-people, like Nobu. Yeah, but, but he doesn't really become a villain until season two. Yeah. Uh, he's just more, he's just like a guy he fights. Yeah. Um, so I'd say Kingpin is the only true villain in season one, and that's... Uh, now, are most of these villains going to be quality villains because you see them over the span of a season and not just a movie? So they're giving more time to set up? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you could argue that. Um, Kingpin was given a longer period to set up his motivation. Um, but I still think, like, Luke Cage has it too, and no offense... There's a there's a couple fuck charts of powers in that that mm-hmm. so time doesn't necessarily mean good. Um, That's true. So, King, I'm uh, just looking at it from how they set up Kingpin's motivation. It makes sense why he does what he does, who he is, why he's doing it. Um, not to mention, he's not really the Kingpin in the first season anyway. He genuinely wants to help the city. He just wants to make money while doing it. Right. And he knows the easiest way to do that is through the crime. Is through the crime syndicate, not through, like, the political syndicate. And it's not until he goes to jail that he finally, re- in, in season two, when he kind of goes, no, this is what I need to be. This is who I am. And this is, I'm the kingpin. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, you can kind of say that. Um, in the first season, I think I still think he's kind of the kingpin. But he doesn't accept He's got that. kingpin qualities. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really step into the kingpin role until he goes to prison um but either way like even season one like i i understood the kingpin i was fine with kingpin yeah um so yeah i'd say quality villain cool um i think the final fight between him and daredevil was fucking retarded but hey you can't win them all man the when he bashes the dude's head in the door yeah that that should have been that was that should have been the that should have been like something like happened in the fight with daredevil but no, it was like a weird, bad, to me, badly choreographed fight. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man. Uh, so, and this is kind of where I think we, we kind of went back and forth. Like, um, I, so my, I, I've altered my opinion. Really? Yeah. So my opinion, Yellow Jacket at times, I would put him in wishy-washy, like in the transfer window, because there's times where he seems super interesting as a character and then at the end of it just he has the ironmonger problem where he just so that is exactly why i changed it because i never thought about it that way at the end of the day all he's trying to do is replicate the suit that hank pym has created right and then he did it and so he should just be like fuck you bye and then leave but no he create he he goes on this huge revenge scam and i kind of understand it but it was—it just—it felt like it was forced, so there'd be a fight. 
so that you would see the train scene. Yeah, all the thing. funny moments in, right. in the regular fight. Um, and I loved Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. It's a heist movie that has superheroes in it, and I think that really works. Um, but... See, I think, I think Yellow Jacket probably has the largest distance between quality villain to transition to fucktard with power. Because his motivation is so powerful. Oh yeah, the mentor role. The mentor uh, protege relationship of saying you chose a guy off the streets. You you built me. Like the line where he says like why did you choose me? And he goes because I saw myself. He goes then why did you trust me? Because I saw too much of myself. Like phenomenal line. Yeah. But to to fall that high of a quality villain all the way down to the iron monger effect of yeah, I'm just going to build my suit. It's almost worse than Obadiah Stane's transfer. <laughs> like, Obadiah Stane was... Like, it was deep. But, like, this is twice as deep. Yeah, it just becomes... It just be, it became a fucktard of powers fight. Yeah. And it's... I never thought about that, though. So I put him in the transfer window. Yeah, he's, he's in the... But, again, that affects their number. So now they're kind of down a little bit. So it's still higher than DC. So, so it's still... <laughs> They're down to like 73, 72% now right. instead of 76. Um, um, so, I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I, again, I really loved the, the early parts of it, and then it just kind of, it just boiled down to a superhero fight, which admittedly is kind of what superhero movies are about, but we've proven you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, the... The next one is... Kilgrave. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, Kilgrave. Ah, quality villain. Do you have to kind of separate the actor to... Uh, Well, I'm not as emotionally invested in... David Tennant. uh, David Tennant. Like, I'm I'm probably going to lose me a few pants here. I'm not a a Doctor Who guy. Uh, I apparently keep watching the worst episodes to watch. (laughs) And it just comes across as the most cliche scientific (coughs) dribble. That's funny. Um, so I'm not I'm not a Doctor Who guy. I completely understand what people are like. I love the original Star Trek series. It's super campy, but I'm emotionally invested in that one from when I was a kid. If I tried to yeah. watch it as an adult with no emotional investment, I'd probably be like, "This is this awful. Is, this is awful. This is horrible. Why is it this way?" And um, so I like old Doctor Who, really, really old Doctor Who. But the new Doctor Who, I'm just not as big on. So. I don't, I don't come in with that, but I do really love David Tennant and everything that he's been in. Like, even the Doctor Who episodes he's in, he's one of the few that I actually enjoy enjoyed watching. Yeah. So, um, Chris Eccleston. That's the other Doctor Who. <laughs> um, that was, he was the one I tried to watch, and I was like... Um, so, Kilgrave, though, um, the, the setup, the reveals, like... That's a guy I'll agree with you that he he is distinctly better because of the episodic way they revealed him. Yeah. Um, and that you could not pull that off in a movie as well. I mean, like you might be able to pull off something like um, something like Bone Collector esque. Um, you couldn't have the mid season change though. After he reveals himself. After he reveals himself, and then you go into his backstory. 
and he becomes more of a sympathetic character because this isn't something he wanted. Right, it would have been much harder to do that in a movie. Yeah. So, like I said, I think he is, he is noticeably better because of the episodic way he was revealed. Yeah. Um, so... But he was genuine, like, he's genuinely scary. Like, he pulled that off. I lo- like, when there are... <laughs> uh, with his dad, when he's when he, his dad's like, I'm tired and I'm losing focus, and he has him start sticking his hand in the blender. Yeah. He goes, you focus now? He goes, yeah, back to work. Yeah. When he gets his mom, when he gets his mom to stab herself, like gruesome, like he could just do it. He just thinks it and it happens. Ugh, so good. Like it, yeah. Kilgrave is up there. Like I don't know, in our list of ultimate quality villains, like Kilgrave is up there. In like top, got to be top three. Easy. Easy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um. <laughs> So, um, so that uh, after Kilgrave is technically the speaking, Avengers, uh, Avengers two, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with Avengers two for some reason they don't have it on here. Just okay. kind of annoying. Yeah, we'll next, go there. the next one. Yeah. Avengers 2, um, which I think is one where you're going to have a hard time distancing yourself. Yes. Uh, from the source <laughs> material. Ultron. Yes. Um, I'm a little biased, so I should probably stay quiet <laughs> on this part. I'm very biased when it comes to this movie. <laughs> Says the guy very, with the Ultron tattoo on his Very arm. biased. <laughs> like, I couldn't be any more biased. Um, I'm probably going to have to detract myself from the X-Men 2 conversation, too, there. <laughs> I'm a Wolverine guy, so, um, but Ultron, uh... I'm glad we agree on this, because if we didn't, I, it would hurt me really badly. <laughs> I loved Ultron. Like, the, uh, the set, like, the, the setup, why he's doing what he's doing, where he comes from. I mean, like, the exposition in the movie was great for that. It was like, yeah, we made a took a stone we did some stuff no, 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 no. and then bam ultron ultron is almost an insult to uh is almost a it's it's an he is the responsive insult to movies with with poor writing in the beginning so imagine if if they did it that way if it was if a movie with poor writing was like oh there's a stone let's fuck around with it for no other reason we mess around with some shit and then this ultra sentient being comes out which I'm pretty sure is the plot of like 90% of like sci-fi's uh, B-rated uh, artificial intelligence movies. AI movies, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I agree. Like the dialogue between Mark Ruffalo and like Tony when they're coming up with reason why they why yeah. they should even do it. Like, ah, oh, it's so like you good. don't understand. We're not meant to do this forever. I need to make something that's going to outlive us. Yeah. Like, the, the motivation there, everything was really good. And then Ultron comes around, and then uh, he despises. Well, they found a way to to transcend the already high-level thinking that Tony had about this. So Tony had a high-level thought, a belief system about what he was doing. I want to protect the world. Somehow, some way, uh, um, uh, Joss Whedon found a higher level thought process than that, which is 
you want to protect the world. But you're the problem. But you're the problem. You don't want it to change. It has to change to get there. Um, you're not. You're going to resist such change. So the easiest thing for me to do is replace you. Yeah. Um, don't take this personally. This has to happen in order to achieve the goal that you gave me. And I loved uh, the the way he delivers that, and like ha the casual disregard for living things. But when he's but he still has to work with them. Like the moment where he has to work with the Scarlet Witch in Quicksilver. So that was the one of my favorite. Uh, so for those of you who uh, are on YouTube, one of my favorite things to casually watch is called Cinema Sins, uh, which is done by a team of, a team of guys who watch movies and they give a sin to every single thing in a film that doesn't make sense. And one of my favorite, they they went, hey, uh, give us a sin from Age of Ultron, and one of the lines that they do is they have what's called. Uh, um, they have what's called schools. So this film went to this school of doing this ridiculous thing. One of my favorite things is Ultron went to the Transformers school of unnecessarily working with humans. <laughs> You're giant robots. What the hell do you need to be working with humans for? I But I understood it from the, from the context of... Like, you almost forced Ultron to go through this I have to help people... So, like, the disregard of when Ulysses Claw, who I assume we're going to see later, um, when he goes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, getting this stuff isn't cheap, and Ultron just rolls his eyes and goes, okay, now, now you're a billionaire. Right? <laughs> it's just this, like, uh, I can't believe i got to go through this. Like, casual disregard for humanity. Yeah. Uh, uh, cuts right. off his hand. Oh, you're going to be okay. You're, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You're going to be okay. But don't compare me to Tony Stark. Um, but like, even when he says, uh, like there's even, there is a little bit of a human side to him in the sense of like when, when Scarlet, which finally sees what his plan is when she touches the, the arc. Right. And he goes, no, like you don't understand. You don't get it. Th like this world is over for them, for regular humans. It's done. It's done. You had your chance. You fucked up. Yes. And, like, he genuinely believes this because it, it is his foundation. Even when he's the last robot left, the last one, and he's oh, talking to Vision. dialogue with Vision. And he goes, that's an incredibly naive way of looking at things. I'm the last one left. Once you kill me, I'm dead. And I still believe what I believe with no wiggle room, you know? so good you were supposed to be me right you know it's like how can you side with them well i was born yesterday <laughs> that is what i'm telling you people love the first avengers but the second one ah uh, which is funny because most people i talk to they're not a fan as much of the second one yes it's like yeah but the second one was so much it's on point so with good the the villain was so much was, was given so much room for growth yeah the, Don't get me wrong, the movie's got issues, but... like, uh, But no more so than I think the first one did. Well, I it's, mean, the Barton Farm. Yeah. The Barton Farm is is pretty... Well, my problem isn't the Barton Farm. My problem is the, uh, the Thor pool. The... The, <laughs> uh, the exposition pool, as I call it. When... Have you seen the extended cut of no. that? So in the actual scene... I'm sorry for going off track here, people, but if you haven't seen this, you need to know this. In the original version of the movie... Um, 
Thor finds out about a Norn pool, and the Norns are witches. Um, and so he goes there, but he's like, okay, well, I need a Norn to possess me. I'm the only being on this planet that can actually get possessed by one that might survive. The problem is I need it to possess me. In doing so, I need someone to ask the Norn questions to find out answers. But I need someone that actually believes in the Norn. Otherwise, the Norn won't respect it. So, this sounds amazing, by the right? way. Right? So he goes and he picks up the, the scientist guy and he brings him back with him so that when he gets possessed by the Norn from going in the pool, he can ask him questions. That's the entire reason he's there. And then he gets possessed. The Norn possesses him. He answers the questions related to what's happening. Yeah. Like, what, like about the Mind Stone and all this stuff. And then he gets a vision from the Norn, which is the Flash. The Infinity the, Stone. The Infinity Stone Ragnarok Flash scene. Um, Did they say why they cut it? He was, was it time or was it? Uh, we they said you can either have the Norn scene or you can have the farm scene, and he needed the farm scene to set up Civil War. Uh, he wanted he wanted it, he wanted that scene where you you see uh, them all having to exist outside of being themselves, and to set up that initial conflict like. Uh, he when liked, they're chopping the wood. Right, he wanted that moment more than he wanted the Norn moment. And so Marvel said you can have one of the two. We're cutting one of them. Why not do the... Ex- like, why not do an extended movie? It was just a deleted scene. So uh, they, they didn't actually give him the production to actually go through and fully flesh uh, But it is on the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron DVDs and I believe the iTunes cut. I gotta take a look at the eyes. So it's it's really shake. It's really badly done. Like well, there's no there's, like there's no pro- post production yeah. anything on it. But it explains so much about why that scene exists. Ugh. But without that context, I can hate that scene because why is the other guy there? Why is there a magic pool on Earth? Like that can give you visions. Why doesn't anyone else go there? Why not just save that for Ragnarok? He's already gonna be on Earth. Well, I think they wanted to explain the the Mind Stone. Like, they they needed somebody that would understand why the what the Mind Stone is. And why it why it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so, fast forward, Ultron, quality villain. Very quality. Uh, I'm sorry that he died. I know that you're super bummed out. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get, um, like, more than 76% of these villains are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's frustrating. It is. Uh, well, I mean, dead, dead, dead. Did Killian die? Killian died. Yeah. Yeah. Killian dead. Abomination. Dead. Dead. Uh, but I stand. Pretty sure he's dead. Dead. Zemo's not dead. Zemo's not dead. Yellow Jacket's not dead. Uh, Yellow Jacket's dead. Oh, did he die? Yeah. Okay. He uh he um uh he damaged the suit to the point oh, that he yeah. would inevitably shrink. Yep. So, so let me rephrase. He's he shrinking for eternity. He's in the micros right now. Uh, which, I love that they put that in Doctor Strange. I agree. Uh, one of the realms he went to was the microverse. I was like, ah, yes. I appreciate that. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Loki's not dead. Winter Soldier's not dead. Nebula's not dead. Uh, Pierce is dead. Pierce is dead. Kilgrave's like, dead. Kingpin's alive. So there's a, yeah, okay, yeah. It's, there's a chunk. There's Arguably, a of, there's, there's a large a chunk. Um, but yeah, you never know. They might say that Ultron still exists in the Mind Stone somewhere. That would be dope. Uh, and that Ultron has, like, an internal conflict with him. Or maybe in Infinity War, when What's-His-Name takes the Mind Gem, just recreates Ultron's body. 
It's possible. That would be dope. <laughs> that would be. I would be dope. so. If all of a sudden James Spader like, okay, come on, stop. <laughs> don't, pl- don't play with my emotions like that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so after Age of Ultron is. Don't have Age of Ultron in here. I have like a list in front of me just so that I can keep track. Um, <laughs> they, I don't think they have it in here. Uh, there's, oh no, there it is. All right, uh, yeah. Which we should have talked about that before Ant Man. So we skipped over. So that's this isn't quite in chronological order. What did we skip over? Uh, Ultron was before Ant Man. Oh, that's right. And Jessica Jones. Um. Daredevil Season 2. Season 2, the villain was Nobu, to a degree. Nobu to a degree. Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And the hand. And the hand. Nobu, to me, was... I, I, they didn't really go into why he was doing what he was doing, so I'm still, I'm still in the... He's, he's well, kind he's, of a he's transfer window. He's still pretty fucktardy. Yeah, it's, I, I'd either put him in fucktard or kind of transition window because they're kind of going to like well there's this organization and they do stuff blah there's ninjas and then there's so this if we guy just said the better. hand in general they haven't gone into him enough so if I have to do like if I just have to make a gut call right now I'd say fuck hard with powers they're just ninjas <laughs> like I'm sorry they're like it's like just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah the, the which, foot which by the way is making fun of the hand making fun of the hand <laughs> the foot the foot clan they're just they're just ninjas. At least fucking Ninja Turtles is like, they're robots. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's plus or minus. But yeah, if I had to make a gut call to hand, just fuck tarts. Yep. Um, Daredevil Season 2. Uh, you could argue Punisher was a villain in the beginning part of it. And then became an of, anti-hero. And then became an anti-hero. Um, but he I killed say, a lot of fucking people. Yeah, he killed a lot of fucking people. Um, but I will say... The, and I think we've talked about it, like the revelation of stuff through dialogue. Punisher is probably my favorite. At no point do we get flashbacks or do they tell us his origin story. Yeah. We have to figure it all out through dialogue and what's happening around him. Yeah. And I loved that. That scene in the graveyard when he's just describing PTSD. Ah. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, that's so. Uh, why can't they do that more? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, um, I, it's very rare you find a show that does that. I mean, it's it's ironic because we're going to get to Luke Cage in a moment. Luke Cage almost abandoned that. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a stark galore. contrast between... Now, Daredevil Season 2, in my opinion, is distinctly weaker than the first one. Um, yeah. But it still does a great job of not force-feeding... I'm not gonna lie, I miss the man in black. Well, I almost wonder if that's gonna be Iron Fist's outfit, that he's gonna get inspired by the Devil of Hell's Kitchen outfit. Okay. That does it actually does now you mention it look incredibly it looks very like, much like an Iron Fist like outfit. Like the Iron Fist outfit. Okay. Which I can get down with. And it would make sense. Instead of just, oh yeah, let me come up with an outfit from scratch. There's someone who did represent something and turned into something else. Okay, I can live with that. But yeah, I. We'll I see. I didn't the Daredevil costume initially. I wasn't a huge fan of. It's a little better now. It's better, but it's still like. Nah. Now he's got the he's got the Kimbo sticks, so we'll see. 
Um, cross our fingers. Cross our fingers. This brings us to right now what is my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Ooh, I don't know. I put I put the, the prequel to this probably above it. Really? Yeah. Um, just because I think the plot was better. Uh, and if anyone can't figure out what we're talking about, Marvel Civil War. Yeah. Captain America Civil War. See, I don't know. I don't know. It's, so I... I... I loved Zemo's plan, and that's kind of what we we've talked about before. Like it wasn't. I think that sells it for me, man. Uh, His the, plan is so. It's uh. like, and I I admit, um, I think too many dominoes fell in a row near the end of it. That kind of throw people yeah. off, like the fact that Iron Man and Captain America both show up. Uh, I don't think that was, and a lot of people are like, that's way too convoluted of a plan. I was like, I don't think that was in Helm Baron Zemo's plan. He just wanted to reveal the location so that they would find the information. Yeah. Like, he just wanted Iron Man to find it. And at that point, he would just, I don't think he anticipated that they would both I think, show yeah, up at the same I think time. he was only, I, th- I felt like his plan was, I want Captain America to be here, and I want, I know, I know the Winter Soldier is going to be with him. Because I, I need the Winter Soldier. Like, that's ultimately his goal. That's why he has the book. That's why he has all of that. because well, he only... wants to get a hold of the Winter Soldier. See, I took that as the other one, is that he didn't give a shit about the Winter Soldier. So his entire plan was he needed to find the location of the data to turn Tony Stark against Captain America. Because I mean Captain at America. the end. I mean at, like, when he goes to break out Bucky. Oh, yeah. So the entire point was to get Bucky so that he could get the data... So that can... that part of the plan was all fine. Most people have a problem with the fact that Captain America and Iron Man show up at the Russian. Well, see, there's base a part of me that feels plan. like that is that is part of his plan because he reveals um, the he, he couldn't the he, dead body, right? But he couldn't anticipate Hawkeye giving the location to Iron Man. That's the only reason yeah. Iron Man knew where to go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he knew Captain America would get there. And, and I he think knew he ass- Bucky would be with him. And I think he assumed Iron Man would find out. Because he was chasing him. Right. Or he was probably going, like, if Iron Man hadn't randomly shown up there, he was probably going to contact in some way. Yeah. And so, release the information. But anyway, the plot for Civil War, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I felt that the, the purpose of Civil War was to say we've done 13 movies, however many movies you want um, we've done 13 or so odd movies to establish this idea um, I think Amy's home And I don't think, I don't think you could pick it up from down there, um, but we've done thirteen or some odd movies to establish that heroes are an integral part of the world that we're in. There are some movies that question that. Winter Soldier kind of goes into, oh, Captain America is a criminal, right? Um, also, in Winter Soldier, my biggest problem was like, where was Iron Man being like, hey? Uh, what's with Steve Rogers being yeah flipping criminal? It. Like yeah. why 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 wasn't Tony Stark like calling people? Yeah, um, there are some themes that go into this idea that uh, your heroes are not 
invincible. It's not the invincible Iron Man. He's very much a human. damaged individual, a right. damaged human. However, Civil War is the only film to go... Here is the culmination of how heroes have done more harm than good. And it offers an alternative view to what exactly you're trying to portray, which is that can't be a universal belief system throughout all heroes. All heroes can't just believe, oh yeah, we're just every single one of them. Um, all heroes don't just believe Um, all heroes don't just believe, yeah, we're, we're all superheroes and that's all that matters. Um, they don't necessarily believe that. And so, at the end of the day, I feel like Civil War speaks, is the, is the antithesis to all the other movies that you've seen, and it stands out on its own. Uh, I agree. Where it's, uh, hero, it really underscores, like you said, they, they haven't done they, they've done wrongs and they know they've done wrongs but they believe that the amount of good they've done has offset that yeah like the amount of deaths that happened in Slokovia yeah um but, and there's a part of me that even though I'm team Cap that I understand Tony's side that's not good enough you know right just um, cause we had some deaths but we we managed the greater good that's not good enough we need to be held accountable um, and that was one of the things I loved about the written version of Civil War, is that there was no wrong side. They were both right. And the problem was that neither side was willing to reach a compromise. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I think I mentioned it before, is that there are three villains in this movie. Yep. Zemo, Captain America, and, and Iron Man. Man. Yeah. They are, they're all three of them bad guys. Um the lengths that they'll go to to protect their point of, point of view. Um, I think if, if Civil War has a flaw, it's that it requires the viewer to be as invested in the weaker Avengers movie. According to the public. So according to reviews, according to the public, Avengers Age of Ultron is a weaker film than the original Avengers. But so much of what happens in Age of Ultron is influential on the actions taking place in Civil War. The Sokovia Accords influence the sides by which Captain America and Iron Man choose sides, but it also influences Zemo's actions in the first place. True. Um... I don't know if you need to actually watch the movie to get that, though. You just had to know that there was an event that happened... Like, Civil War, I think, can stand up on its own mm-hmm. if if you understand there was a conflict. They intervened. People died. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first time. Like, New York's happened. Um, I think Slokovia is the one that's probably more influential on the plot of Civil War because of the fact that it was... Der- Ultron exists only because of the Avengers. Yeah. If it hadn't been for Tony Stark and Mark Ruffalo, or Hulk, and Bruce Banner... Um, Ultron wouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, so that's that's about the only way you could argue that one. Um, 
I don't really know if that's that that's bad a thing because I mean it is Avengers three, or it's like Captain 2. America two point five. Like uh, at this point, every movie has to assume, and I think after Avengers two, most of the movies assume you have watched the previous ones. Um, they're not going to set up a brand new movie every time anymore. They can't. There's too much lore. So they kind of have to assume that you've seen the previous movies. Yeah. And whether or not the previous movie was a better or a weaker one, like, is I'm going I'm going to hope that anything they do is better than Thor 2. So far. Right? I mean, like, but that's what I mean. Like, Thor 3, I'm going to assume, is a better movie than Thor 2. Captain America 2, Captain Winter Soldier, was a better movie than the first Avenger. Yeah. Um, but it kind of relied on you. the first Avenger. Yeah. You could watch it without it, but it influenced it directly. Like, yeah. you're not going to know why he's emotionally invested in Peggy Carter. Yeah. Unless um, you've seen it. Is, is Baron Zemo the most sympathetic villain they've done to date? Besides maybe Loki? But, no, I'd say, because, uh, I mean, Loki never tried to kill anyone besides his brother. Zemo went out of his way to make sure, like, he just didn't give a shit if anyone else died as long as he got what he wanted. Sure. Um, like, the massive amount of people that died in the S.H.I.E.L.D. holding cell thing when Winter Soldier got out. I mean, that's about the only deaths that he really caused. Loki kind of went on a rampager in the, uh, the new... The, he also directly yeah, led him. to the millions of deaths that happened in New York. Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. in the first movie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I would say yes. I mean, he, he was very concise and uh, deliberate with the actions that he took, and he didn't unnecessarily do anything. And But he's, pro he's probably the least evil. Like He's just like, you guys are horrible. Like, yeah. How can no one see this? Um, so again, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to try to be you. Because I can't. Because I can't. I'm just gonna make you guys be yourselves. And watch, watch your empire crumble. It's a shame because all I can think of is if you had to whittle down to, if you had to whittle down each film to like, <laughs> to like one phrase or one theme. Captain America: Civil War is. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you stop hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? It's literally Zemo's plot. Stop hitting yourself. Come on, Avengers, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Uh, Crossbones. Crossbones made a, a quick kind little of, sub yeah. cameo at the end. Uh, again, the way they set him up, uh, he's he's a fucktar with powers, but that's a, but he that's a, what he was designed to be. That's okay. Yeah. Like he was just there to set up the explosion. It's literally what he was there for. Yeah, and uh, they we know his motivation. It is a motivation. So, uh, but he's still a fucked with powers. But he actually has motivation. It's like Captain America fucked him up in the first movie. Yeah, you did this to me, right? And now he's like, I'm just gonna fuck with you. Like I'm a mercenary. Um, but they didn't try to go into anything deeper. They didn't try to make us think that there was some crazy thing going on there. They were just like, no, he just really, really wanted to take Captain America out. Yep. So, and I can live with that. So I'd say fuck Dark Powers, but that's okay. Marvel's Luke Cage. Uh, 
we actually haven't discussed this one. We haven't. We have not much. actually. So we're probably going to tackle. We're going to tackle two birds with one stone. This is off the cuff. I'm very interested. So, um, so if we're saying, uh, we'll say the villains are Cottonmouth and Diamondback. Diamondback. I wouldn't really call Di uh, Black Mamba um, Black Mar Mariah. Black Mariah. Yeah. I wouldn't call Black Mariah or Shades villains. They're more... Now, Shades stole this. He stole the show. Shades was awesome. I really enjoyed Shades near the end. Like, yeah. I, when he first appeared, I was going to be like, Shades fucking retarded. I'm going to hate his character. And then as it went on, I was like, oh no, I actually kind of like this guy. Yeah. Shades was great. I really enjoyed Shades. The, yeah, Theo Rossi was phenomenal. The, the Black Mariah thing, I got it. Um, now, correct me weird. if I'm wrong. She contacts Tony in Civil War. Is she not the mom? No, it's not her. It's not. It's a different actress. Yeah. Okay. Not her. Different lady. Okay. I thought she was. I'm gonna <laughs> cut that out. Uh, uh, I was like, oh man. So, um, uh, so Cottonmouth. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind early on, I was like, uh, he's just he's just a fucktard monster. And then near the end, he started to become a little bit more interesting when they started revealing more of his backstory. And, like, when he had to shoot his uncle, I think. Yeah. Um, that's when he started getting interesting, and then they immediately killed him off. So, uh, the one character, like, the moment when I was actually like, oh, okay, I can actually get behind this guy maybe as a bad guy. They were like, nope, dead. I was like, okay. Plot spoiler. Um, so. Good job. <laughs> GG, guys. <laughs> GG. Um. <laughs> So, uh, and then they were like, okay, dead. And I was like, cool. And then they introduced, so I would, I, I'd say he was on the cusp of maybe becoming somebody that was more interesting, uh, above and beyond just a mobster with a, uh, attitude, like with the, didn't, they got really angry. Like, again, when they started going into like his relationship with pops and growing up and like the, the shit that he had to do because of his family. That's when he started getting interesting. But they didn't reveal that until pretty much right around when they killed him. So, um, I'd say if you're lucky, he's in Transfer Window. But it's still me, he's still more just a fucked up. Um, the... So your take on Cottonmouth. So I actually have him as a quality... I have him as a quality villain. Really? Yeah. Uh, my overall review of Luke Cage is seven episodes in, the show is great. Once you hit the death of Cottonmouth, that's it. Like I said, if they had given Cottonmouth like three more episodes, I'd probably be more invested in it. Exactly. But the fact that they gave I... Diamondback like five episodes is, yeah, not, not having it. Not, uh, I'm not. So Cottonmouth to me was a quality villain on the sheer basis that Cottonmouth tr had taken his philosophy of how he viewed the way Harlem was supposed to be run from, from Mama Mabel. And the philosophy was, you can't avoid this life. But, but when, when Mariah went to school, Mama Mabel taught Cottonmouth 
how to shoot a gun. So this life was kind of forced on him. So those flashbacks kind of put him on the cusp. However, the the concept of like a mobster getting angry, right? It's the scene of you kind of have to if you're going to punish Cottonmouth for that, you you almost have to punish Kingpin as well. Because Kingpin has the scene where he bashes the guy's head in the door. For Cottonmouth, Cottonmouth beats the beats the crap out of the kid who took the money from him as an emotional show of force. So if I'm going to give Kingpin a quality moment, I kind of have to give it to Cottonmouth as well. See, I was fine with that moment. It's more everything in between it. Like, where he's just like, I'm just going to answer this with, like, guns and people. Well, I mean, he's a mobster. What a... So it's Kingpin. Kingpin fought his way out of stuff. Like, he made brokers. He made deals. He talked to people. Cottonmouth was just... Well, I think Cottonmouth... Cottonmouth wanted to be what Mama Mabel was before him, which was the dominant person in the community. I I shouldn't have to go to anyone. That's why he didn't like Shades saying, hey, look, it looks like you need some help. Because he viewed himself in that way. I think he's... He's almost, he's not quite Baron Zemo, but he's kind of sympathetic that way. Yeah, I, I don't, I only saw that when it got towards the end of it. But did you know he was going to be killed by that point? No, but I wanted to see more of that. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see why, why he started making the decisions he made. Like, Kingpin, we got it. His dad was abusive. So then I might put him in mom. the, I might put him in, it's tough to either put him in the transfer or put him in the fucktard and that's okay. Because the plot See, I agree with called you. for him to be killed. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible plot move, but it calls for him to be killed for the sake of the story. Hmm. I tell you right now, I cannot put him higher than Diamondback, though. Or I cannot put him lower than Diamondback. Oh, no, Diamondback's way shittier than he was. Yes. So, I mean, he, Diamondback's just a fuck with powers. Like, and they, they tried to set up motivation. I just didn't buy it. Yeah. They did not do enough enough investment. They just kind of showed us flashbacks of his mom. Yeah, because your mom had an affair. And then my dad didn't treat you nicely, and he didn't treat me nicely. Yeah, he treated me like shit as well, so... So, I mean, like, we were friends as kids. At what point did that disengage? Like, they didn't yeah. give us any of that. They just said it happened. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, okay, now we're not buddies anymore. Whatever, fine, fine. And it was all done through flashbacks, which you and I don't like. Right, but they didn't even flash back to them as like other than the fight scene, at like the, the end. At, well, the uh, when the last boxing. episode, yeah, yeah, that's the only time we saw them as kids together, really, like as friends. But this was built predicated on the fact that they were friends. Their families really shouldn't have been. Yeah. Now we're not. Now we're not. Now buddies. we're not. Like what? Literally, what, Diamondback came out of nowhere to just beat the shit out of Luke Cage. At, yeah. At what point? Show. Like, either dialogue or something, show me why, at what point did you decide that you were going to frame that him? That you had a visceral hatred for right. him. Like, why did you frame him and send him to Blackgate? You never. They never show us that. They just kind of say it happened. Like, oh no, you're the you're the beloved brother, so I sent you to Blackgate. Seagate. Seagate, that's it, sorry. Blackgate's DC. Blackgate's DC, you're right. Seagate. So I'm just going to send you to Seagate. And it's like, but... But why, why? Like what? At what point? Like, did you know he was your brother the entire time? Yeah, did I think you not know he was your brother the entire time. Like, at what point did you? Were you just like, fuck Luke, fuck Carl Lucas? I'm just gonna send him to prison. So, Luke Cage as a series has some of the strongest characters, but probably the weakest plot out of all of them. Yeah, 
I'd say like uh like, Misty Knight. Like, Misty was great. Night Nurse. Uh again, one of the few elements that has bridged everything. That has bridged uh, everything. Um Shades, Cottonmouth, strong characters and great actors. Black Mariah. Yeah. And um, and just a weak plot. I think my bigger my biggest issue is is Daredevil started to open up everything and Luke Cage feels so internalized within Harlem. Oh yeah. I was half expecting like when when Luke Cage is getting his ass beat on TV, how does it same conversation with Jessica Kat, Jones. how does Jessica Jones not know this? It's like, "Oh hey, there's that guy I slept with." <laughs> yeah. And if the story goes the way we think it's going to go, Oh, here's the guy who's the father of my child. Right? <laughs> like, uh. and I get it. I do. But a lot a lot of this is, it's too internalized for the universe they're trying to build. Um, and apparently Spider-Man's swinging around somewhere in Queens. That's what I'm so. saying. Spider-Man's just like, you know, fucking around. No big deal. It's, yeah, so. There's I, so many Easter eggs that they could put in there. It's like, do you hear about that kid with the fucking webs in, in Queens? Like something, you know, just. And that's the thing. I think I think Luke Cage, and part of this, I was reading an article that said Luke Cage already has a tough hill to climb because it's it's such a it's amazingly shot, but it's such a it's such a black exploitation style that I love. But a lot of people aren't used to that. A lot of that's people aren't into that. A lot of people don't like that. So it's it already has an uphill climb. In appealing to everyday people because it's so distinctly different. Um, some people love it. I'm from New York. I'm from Harlem, so like, I I love it. I love it. The fact that they call Pops Barbershop Switzerland is is so on point. But for a lot of people, they don't like that, and so you already have a tough time trying to appeal to people shooting in this way who are not used to it. Um, let alone your plot is not the strongest point of your show. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, uh, so I agree. I'm I'm the opposite side of the bandwagon. While I enjoy, like I've enjoyed black exploitation films, they're not my favorite genre yeah. of film. So it had an uphill climb with me. I enjoyed the show. I loved. Yeah, like you said, the characters in it are really strong. The plot, I just think, like you said, if Cottonmouth had been given, or if they had started giving Cottonmouth's backstory. Two episodes earlier. Yeah. Just something to make me understand why he's the dick he is. Yeah. Rather than... Uh, I'm a mob boss, therefore I am a dick. Right. Kingpin, you could see the calculated... There was... Anger that came anger. from his father. Right. And then, like... But there's that moment where he's the cool, calculated guy, and then you just see him... Turn. Turn into the guy that can crush a dude's head in a car door. Yeah. That's different to me than Cottonmouth because they set Cottonmouth up to be a ruthless gangster and then as a show of force he did that thing Kingpin didn't do it as a show of force Kingpin did it just to relieve the tension yeah he was just that like, he was feeling right I am angry and I'm going to bust this guy's head in yeah um so it was uh you could tell something was wrong with him yeah um so that's but that's no. kind of why I forgive that more in Kingpin than I do with Cottonmouth with Cottonmouth and not to say that he said, I just wish, same thing with like, if you're going to sell me on it, give me more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, last but not least. Doctor Strange. The Doctor Strange. Um, Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. 
Uh, so that had two villains. It did, yeah. Uh, Kaecilius mm-hmm. and Dormammu. Dormammu. You kind of have to say that with, like, Dormammu. Yeah, yeah you got to say it. It's yeah, got to be deep. Dormammu. Gotta, it's got to come from a dark place. Yeah. Dormammu. Dormammu, yeah. right? So, um, so start off, Kaecilius. Um, I, I think we both agree, pretty much like a quality villain. Like, we're we're given why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Kind of. Um, Kaecilius? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, finish. For, it's the... Um, like I said, everyone goes there broken, and he feels betrayed because he's like, "You, you use what you tell us not to." Yeah. That's <laughs> how. How can you not see the? How can you not see the good that it could be? Right, because you're using it for what you consider good. Yeah. Like that's super hypocritical. Like, how can you be that big of a hypocrite? You tell us we cannot. We cannot use this ability, but you're floutingly using it, yeah. living centuries. Talking about the ancient one. Ancient one, yeah. So, um, the the fact that Caecilius is one of the only villains to be in tears when talking about their motivation, like sells it. Caecilius is in is in the contraption that Doctor Strange puts him in, right? When he's in, interrogating him, and Caecilius is in tears because he truly believes what Dormammu offers. Time is the enemy of us all. Yeah. Time is the joke. Yeah. Uh, and, and we deserve better. We can have better. The Ancient One has proven that you can. Uh, and she's she just takes a taste of it. What if, what if we gave everything to Dormammu? He lives without time. We can exist forever. Yeah. As one. And I was like, okay. When it's a really fucked up belief system. But, but the, the purpose of a belief system is you have to believe it. Right, and I believe he did. Yeah. Um, so that's why I gave him as a, a quality villain. Yeah. Um, Dormammu... <laughs> is the consequence of having a quality villain. Because nine times out of ten, they just kind of believe in a fucktard with powers, powers. And yeah. that's okay. Why did we just call God a fucktard with powers? <laughs> <laughs> We totally did. <laughs> Anyone who's religious out there, uh, sorry, but it's true. No, I'm just uh, flying spaghetti monster. So, um, uh, <laughs> so, wow, the uh, Dormammu, uh, I, I, again, just kind of comes all across as uh, I'm bad, and I'm from a dark realm, and I need to eat Earth because it Cause offends God. me. Because yeah. it offends me. Yeah. I dislike it. I have no concept of time, but I really don't want to waste any. <laughs> but but to me, like, that's okay. Like, it's... See, so, yeah, I think he's kind of in the fuck charts of powers and that's okay category. Like, at least they go into why, like, he's... He's just from a place that he's just really fucking hungry. Like, yeah. um... And very, very Galactus-esque. Um, and I'm probably gonna have to sit down and watch Rise of the Surfer. So that I can speak to that, because that's the only movie in the extended that I haven't watched. Uh, as soon as I heard Silver Surfer Ooh. was a Teletubby. Um, that's going to be a painful two and a half hours for you. <laughs> um, but um, that's a very Galactus, like, he's just hungry. It's not necessarily 
it's it's a malevolent kind of thing almost. It's but he doesn't intend it to be. Dormammu is just. I really hate all of you that aren't me. Yeah. But I dislike that one more. Um. So we'll have to see how they play that out. I don't. I mean, at the end of it, it's pretty pretty big when he's just like, "Don't ever come here again." Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, no problem, I won't. <laughs> peace. So is he not going to be a villain anymore? But I mean, that seems like a... like. Is that the equivalent of killing a character? So essentially, like, so I don't want to spoil the film. Because it's so fresh, it's still in theaters. Right. But Doctor Strange does a great job of altering, having a different perspective than what Civil War had. And I've been saying this to people, 90% of Civil War's problems were solved with violent solutions. Correct. Doctor Strange, on the other hand, took a took a problem and found a nonviolent way, in a sense, of, he, he of with, solving it. He took he took care of Kaecilius with a nonviolent solution. I mean, That's like, what only, I'm saying. Only yeah, one he, of the fights he had was extremely violent. Was it extremely violent? But in in the Dormammu situation, he found a nonviolent in a way, nonviolent to you know to himself um, solution to solve the problem, and I think. Like, is that a worse way to go than just being killed? Well, I think it leaves it open. Like, Dormammu isn't exactly held by his word. So, I mean, he could come back as a villain. I just don't know if you want to. Uh, my problem is, is that he's too big. Like, he's, he's effectively as close as that universe is, in my opinion, to a god. It's not quite a celestial, but he's. I would say he's probably more powerful than a celestial. Celestial is tied to our realm. Like he's he's an otherworldly being who's completely in charge of the dark realm, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Right, and so. How does like, the dark realm differ from the dark? Dark well, world. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's just another layer of universe. But the, maybe uh, the dark world is just Niflheim, but they didn't want to go Thor to Niflheim. <laughs> Yeah, so... What is this, World Warcraft? Um, <laughs> so, I, so it's, it's tough. and uh, But yeah, I'd say he's probably fucked hard with powers and that's okay. But I'm pretty sure I can't give that to Galactus. Well, we'll get into that another time. Right? So, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe essentially ends where it started. <laughs> at 76%. Because even adding... Well, no, it'd probably be a little higher. Yeah, after moving one guy to... Moving, you have uh, Kaecilius as a quality villain. Right. Dormammu is a fucked hard with powers, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Diamondback is a fucked hard with powers. Diamondback is a fucked hard with powers. Which will offset the Kaecilius. Uh, Cottonmouth is a transfer, in my opinion. I'll give you transfer. So yeah, so they're probably a little higher, around the 80% range. Probably. 80% of the Marvel Cinematic Universe villains are quality villains. That's a damn good number. It's a pretty good number. I think they could have had higher. Like, they definitely could have had higher, yes. Um, 80% is there's room for improvement. Right. There's always room for improvement. There's always. But that's two down. Two Fucktardian diagrams down. Oh yeah, we were one really big ass one to go. So extended Marvel, man. Extended Marvel is a lot of people. Uh, we'll be tackling that another time. 
uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So guys, thank you for listening to another iteration of um, CLWT Squared. Uh, Can't live with them. Can't live without them. Yeah. Uh, So for Brian, I'm Joe, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.